0: Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Erin Summers, joined by John DeShazer, hosting this lovely podcast today, talking free agency. It's been a busy past week for all of the NFL teams. And, of course, the Saints getting their quarterback recently, bringing in Mike Triplett to talk about Jameis Winston being signed, as well as some other free agent acquisitions. Mike, how are you doing?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: I know you cover all things Saints for ESPN NFL Nations, but overall in all of free agency, what was kind of the biggest story to
1: you? Oh, it's the quarterback movement, obviously. And and look, that would have been the biggest story in any year. That was the biggest story in most years. But the fact, especially that the Saints were right in the thick of it. I mean, we went into this offseason knowing anything was possible, and uh, um, you know. We were monitoring what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, what's going to happen with Russell Wilson. Um, and, and then obviously Deshaun Watson joined the picture and that was a little bit of a surprise. People didn't know it was going to be in his situation, but we didn't know that the Saints were going to explore every opportunity that was out there. All along, though, I think, you know, and I had wrote repeatedly, I did think bringing back Jameis Winston was the most likely outcome. And so as I wrote, when they re-signed him, even though in some ways he felt like a fallback option because we knew the Saints were going to explore, could we aim for the very top of the QB market, they also always made it clear that they liked him and feel like they can win with him. And as I wrote, both things can be true. They can, <laughs> they can check out the entire quarterback market and then decide, of all of our options and what everything was going to cost, we thought this was the most bang for our buck. And that matters to the Saints, uh, the, the, the concept of bang for the buck, because even though they are willing to spend, they still need to make every dollar count.
0: Why do you think he was the right choice at this point in time for the Saints?
1: Well, I think I've written a couple of times that he has the best combination of sort of affordable price, but also upside potential. I mean, we saw it in in six and a half games last year. We've obviously seen it during his career that there is a lot of upside with Jameis Winston. He famously had the turnovers in Tampa Bay, but he also led the NFL with more than 5,000 passing yards the, the last time he completed a full season. Um and so you know he's not perfect you see the numbers with Jameis Winston you see he had the best passer rating of his career uh 102 points something through 14 touchdown passes through four passes that were like 50 plus yards but he also had the 59 percent completion percentage um and the Saints just as a team were not throwing for a lot of yards so you know it it Still remains to be seen if they can tap into his full potential, uh, and you know what he's going to look like as a full time starter. There's no question he deserves to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, and that I think you can win with it. Mike. Here's a dumb hypothetical: um, <laughs> Jameis Winston, um, Saints only saw him six
2: and a half games. Can he be not just the quarterback for this franchise for the next couple of years, but for the next eight, yeah. nine, ten years? Because we forget he's still, you know, under 30, just turned
1: 28, years. yeah. Just turned 28. No, you're exactly right. And and you, you don't need to tell Saints fans that quarterbacks can play into their 40s. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, it's funny when they first brought Jameis Winston two years ago. You know, people keep saying being critical of the Saints for not having a backup plan during Drew Brees' later years. Like they should have drafted a quarterback. But one comparison that I always made is – you know, I don't see a huge difference between signing Jameis Winston and drafting, say, a Jordan Love. Um, it would be different if they were in the top 10 and they could have drafted a Justin Herbert or, you know, the year they almost drafted Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, in retrospect, maybe they should have drafted Lamar Jackson when he was available late in the 20s. But, you know, what was realistic was should they have drafted a guy in the late 20s? Should they have drafted a second rounder and developed him? I think that's what they've done with Jameis Winston. And as you say, if things do work out, he's not a sure thing, but neither is Jordan Love. Neither is anyone else you would have gotten in round two of the draft in recent years. But if he does pan out, yeah, he could he could start for 12 more years in this league.
2: Another free agent move, obviously, um, one that kind of <laughs> hits the media to the heart, if nothing else. Uh, on <laughs> Teron, a guy who we all grew to, to know. And, and really, you know, you try not to get personal with God, but you can't help, but like Teron, um, his move to Miami, uh, how big of uh, a gap does that leave the Saints that love tackle?
1: Obviously huge. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not over-exaggerated to say that out, you know, outside of Drew Brees or right next to Drew Brees, he might be the most talented player I've ever covered. And obviously, Injuries played a big role in why he wasn't able, you know, why he's not a six-time all-pro waiting for that gold jacket just yet. Who knows what happens in Miami? Maybe it gets there. But um, but injuries are also, you know, we just started this conversation by saying the Saints needed bang for their buck. So I think we realized this was likely to happen. I mean, obviously we knew it was likely to happen when they didn't use the franchise tag on him. But I, I think, unfortunately, injuries are a big part of the reason why the Saints can't miss with any dollar they spend. Um, and if you would have had to guarantee, you know, $40, $50 million to, to Ron Armstead with, with his injury issues, I, I I can only imagine that is the only reason why the Saints were willing to let him go elsewhere. So they're going to take a hit there. Now they do like James Hurst. I think that will be the plan for James Hurst to step up at left tackle, keep Ryan Ramczyk at right tackle. I know a lot of people assume, Ramchek might move over, but in today's NFL, right tackle is just as important, maybe more important. I mean, if you list the top 10 edge rushers in the NFL, I think at least half of them, if not more, are lining up on on Ramchek's side of the ball. So I, I think they will keep him at right tackle. And if this offensive line is healthy this year after they all missed time last year, the offensive line. I expect to be better than it was last year just based on health. But, no, losing losing to Armstead is a, a huge loss that you can't sugarcoat.
2: Yeah, I absolutely believe that uh, Ramchick is going to stay a right tackle. Um, you know, we, we pretty much are solid on that. Um, if you're the Saints, do you maybe now draft a left tackle? Because, you know, you do have picks. You you might yeah. go, instead of people assuming they were going to go at quarterback. But, you know, now you have James Winston. Maybe that need – is kind of tamped
1: down. Yeah, uh, first of all, if you're the Saints, if you're any NFL team, you don't want to go into the draft, especially, I mean, maybe if you had the first pick, you can decide what you're going to do with the draft. When you pick 18th, you can't say we're drafting this position in the draft. If you say we want an offensive tackle and then the four you like, I'll I'll go before you pick, then, then what do you do? Do you reach for a second round? So that can't be their automatic plan. But like I said, since they have James Hurst, since they have last year's, Uh, rookie Landon Young as a backup um, then I don't think they need to force it but obviously that position is absolutely in play Uh, but the position that if they ever were to write a position in pen in the draft I think it's got to be wide receiver Uh, not only because it's such a need for this team but because I think there are like six or seven or eight receivers that they could potentially love with the 18th pick it's it's really you know it's really deep in the amount of choices that they'll have to fall in love with at that position. So if I was betting on a position in round one of the draft, it would be receiver. But I also think they need to hurry up and sign a receiver before free agency is over. I think they should double dip at that position.
2: Who's on the free agent market that you've seen that you like at receiver? I mean, a, a decent amount of guys are gone, but you know, yeah. BJ is still out there and and and, and Jarvis Landry still out there and a couple you, other names.
1: You name the two names. Saints fans, yeah, exactly. Saints, fans for, Saints fans for two weeks have really – the theme is rising in, in the fan base. Like, why haven't we signed anybody yet? All we've done is lose guys. Uh, all it takes is one LSU receiver, and, and they're on <laughs> <there>. <laughs> And they just happen to be the two best receivers available in free agency. Both happen to be former LSU stars. So, uh, to me, that that would go from uh, disappointment in free agency to to a home run in free agency. It uh, doesn't mean – that the saints are definitely going to do that. And those guys would both be very expensive, but those two guys are both still out there. Either, either one would make a ton of sense to me, but um, they might go for value. And I think value would be okay too. Michael Thomas is a number one receiver. And if they do draft a receiver in round one or round two, that could be a starter. I still think Marquez Callaway Calloway and Deontay Harris belong on the football field. Um, so that other guy, honestly, Emmanuel Sanders is still out there. I don't, I don't know how much he has left, um, how healthy he is, but either Emmanuel Sanders or an Emmanuel Sanders type is exactly what I think they're looking for. A a guy who can work the slot, a guy who can be in the middle of the field, a guy who can catch 70 passes. It doesn't need to be an all pro receiver.
0: You kind of touched on what the saints might need to do. Obviously they got a a little more money than they thought that they were going to have (laughs) sitting in this position now making about 30 million in cap spaces. Is is that how you think they should spend some of that?
1: Yeah, uh, although I will say for those of us who have followed the Saints closely, we knew they had this theoretical cap space to work with. Everybody Mm -hmm. was like, oh, they're going to have to trade Camara and they're going to have to (laughs) trade Cam Jordan. How are they going to get out of the cap? We knew they could do this, but normally the Saints don't do it in advance. Normally they sign a guy and then they restructure a contract to fit the guy the circumstances were highly unusual with their pursuit of Deshaun Watson, where they were like, we have to carve out 30 million just in case. And and then they didn't end up using that on Deshaun Watson. So I think that may have created some unrealistic ex- expectations that, oh, the Saints are going to spend 30 million no matter what. They can, if they don't use all that space, they can carry it over to next year. And I do not expect them to use all of that space. I, I think before the Deshaun Watson pursuit, um, I made a joke uh, on radio the other day. Uh, you know, if you'd gone on a like a cruise <laughs> the the Thursday before free agency started and gotten back from your cruise this past Monday, uh, nothing has really changed. We expected them to probably lose Williams and replace him with a Marcus May like they did, uh, re-sign Jameis Winston and maybe sign one other free agent. And I think we're back to that plan.
0: Definitely, Monday. You know, the dominoes kind of started to fall starting with Matt Ryan and what he decided to do by going to the Colts. What did you think of that decision there and maybe where the Falcons stand right now going forward?
1: Yeah, that was interesting. And I'm a little surprised they only got a third round pick, but, um, um you know, former uh, former Saints personnel man Terry Fontenot is the GM in Atlanta. Now I know he said, Working with Matt Ryan on them was, and, and finding a destination he wanted to go to was even more important than you know draining that the highest amount of draft pick value they could get out of that. I think that's a great fit for the Colts. Um, all along, when we were looking at like Jameis Winston's options or where. <laughs> This quarterback would wind up, mm-hmm. or this quarterback would wind up. It, it felt like the Colts would be a, a top choice for for many quarterbacks because they've got the offensive line, the run game, the defense, and a chance to win right now. Uh, and and so I think Matt Ryan uh, is a great fit for them. Uh, but from reporting that I know Nick Underhill did, and and just you know from Jameis Winston's choice itself, it seems like. Indianapolis might have been an option for him too, but he preferred to stay in New Orleans if everything was going to work out. So I don't think it was necessarily. Indy passed on him, and he settled for the Saints. I think. I think Jameis Winston was waiting to see if the Saints were an option, and when they became an option, that that came together pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, Baker Mayfield might be kind of yeah. sitting alone for a little bit. You know, yeah. looking for. There's.
1: It's so interesting. Like, yeah. uh, there's another conversation I've been having. These last couple of years, there's. It, there's everybody can always upgrade to elite talent at quarterback. Everybody could always do better at the position, but there is a there is more supply than demand right now because of all the rookies that have come into the league. We don't know where Baker Mayfield's going to end up. We don't know where Jimmy Garoppolo's going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned Jordan Love earlier. He hasn't found a trade partner yet. There's no trade partner yet for Gardner Minshew. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater accepted a backup job or he's going to compete with Tua in Miami Andy Dalton still out there you know Ryan Fitzpatrick so many yeah there, there are a lot of guys who are starting caliber quarterbacks who, who there are not going to be any chairs left in in, in the, the game of musical chairs this offseason
0: well speaking of quarterback one that decided to come back and Tom Brady how do you think that affects the NFC uh, South
1: a lot, I mean, <laughs> I think everybody would be picking the Saints to win the NFC South, to be honest, if, if that one move hadn't happened. But not only did Tom Brady come back, but uh, Tampa Bay has since re-signed a lot of its own free agents. Uh, Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis, Leonard Fournette, um, at least one of their starting offensive linemen came back, Ryan Jensen. Um, so that team is still stacked, and that's still going to be the team to beat. But as we know, the Saints – have beat them every time in the regular season over the last two years. I, I think they're going to be competing near the top of the division while while Atlanta and Carolina uh, are both going to be teams in transition. I think that's pretty obvious right now, even though, even though they'll still be capable of, of coming up and biting one of those teams here or there.
0: Sure. Uh, defensively, do you think the Saints are done? They made a couple moves in free agency with, as you mentioned earlier, Marcus May, and then defensive tackle, Contavia Street.
1: Yeah, uh, not necessarily done. Um, maybe some depth signing, maybe some free agency. Uh, but I, I think if they're going to spend big or if they're really going to fortify from here on uh, the bigger expenditures would more likely be at receiver tight end or the offensive line, maybe even running back, but I think that's more of a draft need.
0: Where does the the next few months, I know the draft's coming up, but what do you think is the next thing that the saints are going to be focusing on here kind of as the off season continues?
1: yeah I, I like i said i i would i would be surprised and i think people would be disappointed if there isn't one more free agent move that 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 sort of gets the fan base excited maybe it's not a splash move but you know at, at least a signing similar to like when they signed Marcus may last week um, but then yeah the excitement will turn to the draft and and one thing that has changed for the saints in recent years the addition of of compensatory picks uh now they have a first rounder a second rounder and two third rounders so, um, this, you know, there will be a lot of reason to get excited about this draft because there's going to be a lot of talent coming in and I think they have to hit on the draft. Um, I think this team can still win now and be really good. Um, if they're healthier than last year, I think they should have been a playoff team last year, but a lot of players are getting older. Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, um, uh, you know, among them, Malcolm Jenkins, you know, offensive players like Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas have, uh, uh, you know, already been, around for a long time. So they're going to need maybe not a 2017 draft class because that never happens for any team. And it's already happened for the (laughs) Saints twice in the last two decades, but they're going to, they're going to need to hit on these next couple draft classes to restock the shelves.
0: All right. Well, we'll be checking in and watching the draft as it comes up here shortly and see what happens in the rest of free agency. But Mike, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.